0: Here I am talking about all this stuff, and you best believe every time I go to do something new, I'm afraid. But but my my now my response to the fear is thank you.
1: All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Pursue Purpose podcast. I am your host, Enrico Incarnati, and I want to say thank you. Um, For those of you who came over from Nathaniel's page, I truly do appreciate you guys, and I hope you all take something away from this. I hope you have an aha moment, as we call it in the episode, that you will just be able to take in your life, apply it, share it, and just grow as a person. Like, literally, I am so excited for you guys to listen to this because... Just as excited as I was to have Nathaniel on here. First of all, Nathaniel, thank you so much. I appreciate you a ton. Um, like I said, just as excited as I was to have him on here. During the episode, during the dialogue, I'm like, you know what? This this stuff is going to be amazing for, for people to hear. Like, For me to hear it, I'm like, okay, this is this is good. I like this. But what's even better, what makes us even great, what, what makes us great is for other people to hear this and really gain something from it that is why i am super excited for you guys to even hear this and i'm just like this is the reason why i started the podcast this episode right here like this episode right here so that's a big statement for me but i'm comfortable in saying that and uh yeah i hope you guys enjoy this one a lot i'm i'm so excited Um, couple notes. I would love if you guys could please leave a review on iTunes or Spotify. So the podcast is on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google play. Those are the main platforms right now. Um, we are on smaller platforms too, but those are the main platforms that I know where a lot of attention's at. And if you guys could please leave a review, it does not take that long and I would, I would truly appreciate it. And I would love to read your reviews and I want to, I want to share them. I want to screenshot them. I want to Post them everywhere I can because I do appreciate that. And um, if you are listening, please take a screenshot. If you're on your phone, take a screenshot. Post it on your IG story. Tag me. Tag Nathaniel so we know you're listening to this. So other people can get on this episode and listen and gain some value and just have that aha moment. But uh, I don't want to take too much more of your time, guys. Thank you for listening to this intro. Let's get into this episode. Pursue your purpose, guys. I'm out. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Pursue Your Purpose podcast. Thank you guys so much for uh, joining today. And with me, I have a special guest. Um, you might not know him. You might know him. Um, but you if you don't, you definitely need to give him a follow. And his name is Nathaniel solace And I'm going to introduce him to you guys in a little bit here. Um, but the reason why I wanted to have uh, Nathaniel on the podcast was because... I absolutely love his Instagram stories in the sense of I gain a lot of value from them every single day. And if you guys are not following, you definitely need to. So this is just going to be a major plug. But uh, yeah, Nathaniel is a great, just overall, like, I just, just seems like a very holistic person to me in the sense of like, it's just, it's... I can't even put in the words like um, it's just very grounding for me. And with a lot of his techniques that he does on his stories that seem very simple, but are also very concrete and very um, instrumental into your daily practices, I think that they are huge. And uh, Nathaniel, the floor is yours if you want to introduce yourself and uh, go for it.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Rico. I really appreciate that, man. And uh, definitely says a lot for you to come to a place of no words in trying to describe me. <laughs> so yeah. that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So let's see. You know, I've been uh, making content online and just trying to make people's lives better for a little over 10 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, that basically almost like kind of being a quote unquote influencer before that was even a thing, right? And that started from a YouTube channel based around health and wellness. Um, But actually kind of covertly actually based around mental health and like your spiritual journey and and your life purpose and these sort of deeper internal dynamics that all of us go through at, you know, some point in our life where we kind of wake up to what's really possible for us. Mm -hmm. And that's turned into really incredible, you know, business slash lifestyle where I'm coaching and training and facilitating, running retreats. Um, I have private clients. I run masterminds, do online group programs and things like that. And that's kind of the combination of, I work with a lot of like, you know, millionaires and successful business people who need to slow down and need to integrate that holistic approach, approach to their life, right? Because how many times do we need to hear these millionaires saying how miserable they are, right? It's like, how do we actually shift that paradigm? And then also working with a lot of like newbies and, and new entrepreneurs, new other coaches and teachers and things like that to help them do that work. So as they grow their business, they don't, they don't scale all their sabotage and all their stress with the business. Right. So we can have some more very, very influential leader leaders very soon who don't need all that kind of fixing for lack of a better term. Right. So, yeah.
1: And I think kind of based off of what you just said is like, you need people to slow down. And that's literally why I like to follow your stories because when you think about how you use Instagram, we're constantly going like this. And yeah. like I come across your story and it's just like, Hey, did you breathe today? You know what I mean. And it's like, hey, like, slow down, like. Yeah. And then, you know, excuse my language, was like, oh shit, like, I, I, when you realize, like, oh wow, I've been on here for like thirty minutes, and I just looked through everybody, four hundred people's stories. It's like, wow, I really need to slow down and be like, okay, mm-hmm. like, not, not just in business terms, but just like social media terms. It's like, okay, maybe I can do something else now. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. Yeah. I try my best to be. I mean, Instagram specifically, and just social media on its own is a, a dopamine addiction for all of us. You, you, if you're going on your phone multiple times a day, it's because you're addicted, addicted to the dopamine loops, period. And there's literally no exceptions to that. Yeah. Um, so I try to, it's like, well, if people are going on there anyways. It's kind of like, what, what would happen if you know, everyone's addicted to Starbucks? So everyone's going to Starbucks every day. What happens if we start to change the experience of what it means going to Starbucks? That would influence millions and millions of people every single day. So it's like if everyone's going on instagram every day and at least the people following me it's like i want to stand out and be that one little pattern interrupt so that you have a chance to come back to your own senses and not keep scrolling and just keep you know you know i think anyone listening to this can probably admit with enough self-honesty that we just spend too much time on social media or we're spending the time there very ineffectively and actually in a damaging way if you don't check yourself you're actually unconsciously comparing yourself to every single person you see on there, right? So if you're not holding a proper mindset as you approach that, that's why you will go a whole week, not really gotten a lot done and feel pretty crappy about yourself and doubt everything you want to do just because of that lack of presence when you're actually engaging with all that stuff. So I just want to help people kind of get an opportunity to be in the driver's seat while they're you know, doing these things.
1: And do you, do you recognize like even some of the people you work with that is that that's something that they struggle with is being able to every like...
0: single one, every single one, no exceptions. Wow. Like we're all addicted to our phones period. Right. If you think about it, we've only used our phones this way, humanity as a whole, we've only been doing this for like eight years. It's only been about, it. for me, I think about, it was about 2012, 2011, 2012, when I started using Instagram and, and, the and, and the the level of how much we're using social media, how attached to it we are, and how much like to that point where we're checking our phones. Right, I I have this uh uh, this survey on my website, uh, you know, kind of gauging people and their performance, you know, as entrepreneurs. And one of the questions, like, how often do you check your phone throughout the day? And it's dozens and dozens of times minimum for every single person who responded. It's hundreds of people who have you know gone through that survey, so I don't think there's a single exception. And and, it's, and it's, it's, it's interesting to navigate because like for me, that's my business, right? That's how I make money. That's how I put food on the table is to be able to use social media. And for a lot of people, that's the case. It's, it's honestly a gift. The internet, social media is one of the greatest thing that's ever happened to humanity. And it's also something that because it has that much power, it has the ability to influence us negatively. But that's us bringing our own issues into it, mm-hmm. right? Someone who is so busy living their purpose being healthy, you know, investing in powerful relationships, et cetera, they don't have time to dick around on social media, right? So it's also, it's kind of that like, uh, you know, is it the tool or the person using the tool, right? That's causing the the issue. So I'm trying my best to kind of, how do we hack both? <laughs> and make the social media experience a bit more supportive for us, but also make sure we're doing the work internally so that we're not using social media as an escape or a, another drug essentially.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I I I appreciate that point of view because you view it as a positive. A because you need to use it, you use it for your business, for your. Yeah. Um, it's clearly a
0: positive, man. Right. I mean, some of the best stuff in the world is the result of all of this.
1: Right. Do you, do you would you say then? Because it just brings up another topic that a lot of the people you work with that they kind of view it more so as a negative or as a positive, like social media.
0: I think a lot of people are. No, really, get that it's a positive, and that's why they're so excited about it. And it's and it's almost uh, frustrating or confusing at the negative influence it has, right? So they're sitting there going, like, man, I have this really unhealthy relationship with social media, but I also know it's kind of the key to the life that I want, right? As far as meeting incredible people, creating opportunities for myself, right, learning about myself and the world, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's such a beautiful tool. So I think a lot of people are just sitting there, kind of confused. They're like, "Man, how do I actually navigate this?" Because I know it's a, a big deal, and I know there's a lot in there for me, and yet I have this kind of unhealthy dynamic with it.
1: Mm-hmm. How do you, how, how would you say people can kind of navigate then to getting out of that negative loop and being able being able to adapt that mindset of like, okay, I can use this for opportunity. I can use this to meet mm-hmm. people. Like, how do you, how would yeah. you kind of segue that?
0: Yeah, I think one of the first. One of the first things to to really ask yourself is like, what is my relationship with these platforms, with my phone? Um, getting some apps and certain things like Instagram now will give, you can decide when you want it and it'll give you a notification and say, hey, you've been on Instagram for an hour today. So just that alone, start using that just so you can start to gauge because sometimes that notification happens by 9 a.m., right? And it's like, wow, well, if that's happening every day and that's happening every day, that's 365 hours, a year that I'm missing out on, that's a lot of time. That's days and days and days that I could be doing other things. Right. Um, So that's, that's part of it. Just starting at what you don't, it's hard to change what you don't measure. So to actually start to pay attention and be more aware of how that's looking, that's one piece. There's also like that, the ratio of consuming versus creating, right? I go on Instagram a lot, probably more so than I even recommend other people, but I'm going on there to actually create, to share content to make other people's lives better. So I'm not going on there to just scroll through stuff. I'm going on there to be creative and I, I use it as an art form at this point, mm-hmm. right? So starting to flip. If you decided, great, every time you go on Instagram, you will post something on your story that is exciting to you or fun or interesting or enjoyable or valuable to other people, that's gonna start to change what you're using the app for because there's a lot of people who are just consuming and that's really the issue, right? And if you start to... You know the question is like we're we're all addicted to dopamine anyways right it's not that's not a bad thing that's this is the mechanics of human physiology it's like that's how our brain works so you want to start to ask yourself though where am i getting the dopamine from and would i rather get the dopamine from going live and telling a story that's really fun or get it from scrolling through everyone else's stuff and then feeling kind of drained and feeling unproductive at the end right either what either way you're going to get a hit right it's kind of, kind of like do i want to get my dopamine today? from watching netflix all day or do i want to get it from going on a hike with some friends and going out to lunch right both both dopamine both are going to be stimulating both are going to be fun both are going to make you feel good right but one but you start to start you start to <laughs> i think it it starts to get really objective when you just look at the data right and it's like after a week of getting dopamine a certain way you feel a certain way and it's pretty clear and and maybe some people are in a place where they don't notice that cuz it's been so normalized or maybe they're even scared to admit like how they're really feeling at the end of the week. But I know also everyone listening has had days where it's like you're on fire and you're getting stuff done. You're talking to people, you're making plans, you're making things happen. And that feels better, you know?
1: Yep. Was there, was there a time or a moment in your life that you kind of had to, or I guess I would I would frame this, like when did you realize you had to kind of switch your mindset or was there something that happened to where Maybe you were even yourself, like you were scrolling, 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 and then you became, all right, I need to stop this.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a never ending process ultimately, because it's like this back and forth and, and constantly finding my balance with that. Because as I continue to scale my business, there's an aspect of that, which means I need to be even more engaged with it. Um, But then there's the aspect too, of if I'm scaling the business properly, I get to be less engaged with it. Right. So I'm still, I'm still finding that balance myself. And if you ever do watch my stories and you sometimes I'll do a story where I'll kind of make fun of everybody for scrolling on their phones and just being a little zombie. And I almost about a hundred percent of the time I do that because I just caught myself doing it. Right. So it's like, I'm still in my journey with it as well. But honestly, as soon as all this stuff came out, you know, part of my, my story comes from understanding, uh, uh, you know, social conditioning and, and, certain reasons why apps like this get created. As an example, most free app, if you're, if the platform is free, the platform isn't the product, we're the product, right? And starting to pay attention to how this kind of stuff works. So I've just always had a bit, a little bit of that like fourth wall broken and that awareness around it. And then just dealing with addictions in my life and mental health issues, you know, things like addiction to pornography in the past and substances and certain behaviors and habits and stuff like that. Um, which has led to the work that I do as, you know, being a performance coach and teaching people leadership and self-mastery and all these things, it's just very relevant to me. So I've, yeah, I'd say it's since I've been on social media, I've been, it's, I've acknowledged it as an experiment to see how it's going to affect my own psychology, my own habits and behaviors. Um, and then I would say about a couple of years ago, especially as an entrepreneur, you have to confront that stuff. Cause it's like, if you are subscribed to everybody's emails right? And you're spending all day just looking at everybody else's stuff and not doing your own thing. You don't make money. So it gets to a point where you literally have to look at that, right? And you're wondering why, like, oh my gosh, why is my business not taking off? And it's like, well, what are you doing with your time? And if you're spending four hours a day opening other people's emails, watching all these webinars, reading these ebooks doing all this stuff, there's a time and place for that. Um, But there's a strategy for that too, so that you're actually showing up to your thing, right? So the more that I've really been honest with myself about that, getting down to inbox zero, unsubscribing from everything, you know, at different times, there's definitely cycles. Um, And I think it's really important to uh, uh, give yourself that spaciousness and take away some of the, the noise, right? The difference between a clear signal amongst all the noise. And it's hard to get your signal through clear, or especially the idea of your own purpose or your own life or your own values and your own priorities and what's important to you. If you're, if you're, surrounded by a lot of noise, it's hard to even hear that clear signal inside of yourself. Yep. So uh, it's just always been a fun experiment for me. And uh, like last, last year, uh, well, every year I do some sort of, some sort of fast, um, some sort of dopamine fast. Uh, and that includes, uh, you know, social media use, uh, masturbation, uh, cannabis, alcohol, and then even other certain forms of stimulation, listening to certain kinds of music and things like that. I think it's really fascinating to me to put myself in that space to really see what's there. Um, And then realizing even how we can be addicted to using music a certain way. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with any of this, right? Like it's not, the idea isn't like, oh, all that stuff's bad. And that's why you have to fast or anything. But I love being willing to be honest enough to be like, cool. Are you actually happy with the results in your life? If you're not, you, you by default have to do something different to get different results um and when, and the more i study the science and the more i just objectively look at what i'm seeing out right in front of me um these seem to be the things that get a lot of uh results so i did like a 100 day fast last year that was huge wow. and a huge reboot for me and um yeah i just i just think this stuff is fascinating cuz we also Nobody knows what what any of this means, right? We don't even know what cell phones are going to look like in five years. We don't know what Instagram is going to be doing in five years, how much of this turns into virtual reality. And the truth is, if we don't get a check on this, we're going to create that sort of uh, ready player one scenario. I don't know if you saw that movie, but it's like to the point where virtual reality and social media like becomes more real than our own lives and people would rather stay at home all day and wear goggles and just be in their virtual world again there's nothing wrong with that either but if that's turning into unhealthy humans making unhealthy choices and unhealthy society which there's clearly examples of that i i personally will would rather a different outcome you know
1: yeah well yeah well first of all i want to say thank you for like just even sharing um some of your um, past and everything I I appreciate that um, yeah. but I do I find that fascinating like what you said it's it is all like a psychology kind of thing to where it's like we don't know how certain platforms are going to be like we don't know how YouTube Instagram how that's all going to be but what's what's fascinating to see is like how humans will react to it and how they will or not adapt to certain things and how they will adjust and how they will behave in these like environments yeah. in the coming years like that to me is what sparked my interest more so in psychology. Cause it's like, it's like, there's, there's so many, there's so many negatives and there's so many positives with, with like different things. And it's just like interesting to see where people's attention goes to. And yeah. like with what you said, um, wh- how I can relate to what you said with like, you know, you're looking at all these things, all the noise and it's like, okay, but what are you actually doing for yourself? Like you can, you can read about how like getting, in shape you can see other people in shape but it's like then at the end of the day you're too tired to go to the gym because you've consumed so much of that or even cook a healthy meal you know what i mean it's like
0: stuff like that and your brain actually you can trick your brain into thinking if you're constantly reading about getting healthy watching content watching a documentary about it that's all dopamine and it's all stimulating you in that context and if your brain goes well i feel stimulated i feel like i got the reward in relation to health and fitness it feels complete with that Mm -hmm. and then you don't need the dopamine of actually going to the gym or eating the healthy meal, right? So sometimes we can totally trip ourselves up and that's what there's this one camp that says, you know, not to share your goals with people because then people go, Oh wow, that's awesome, man. You're going to make it happen. Way to go. You're so great. And you get a dopamine spike from that. And your brain goes, Oh, well, I guess we must have reached that goal because we're celebrating. Right. And again, that's, this isn't a black and white thing, but it's, it speaks into, some of the functions of how these dopamine cycles, how our brain actually works. And you want to really make sure that you're not like psyching yourself into a false win, essentially, which I think a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. And it's really easy to feel like, um, as an example, way back in the day, when I was doing my YouTube channel, I used to just watch YouTube videos literally all day and call, call it quote unquote research, right? And because I called it research and every time I watched a video, I thought it was cool. I'm like, Ooh, that's great. I could do stuff like that. Ooh, I loved how they did their intro. Okay, cool. Maybe I'll do an intro like that. And I'm getting all stimulated and excited about it. And then the next day, what does my brain want more of that stimulation? And it knows where it's getting it from now. And it's a guaranteed source. All I got to do is click a button. That's a lot easier than actually shooting my own fricking YouTube video, right. And getting stimulated because I produced something and put something out there. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's very important to to know, like if you're starting an online business, watching webinars on how to start an online business does not start an online business. Right. Now that doesn't mean watching webinars isn't helpful, but there's a big difference between just dicking around and watching webinars all day and deciding Tuesdays and Thursdays is my study day. And from 12 to 3 PM on Tuesdays and Thursdays is when I will study things. And that's it. That makes a huge, huge difference. Right. And starting to like, what I found is like, we want to like, let your brain have what it wants. It's okay to get lost in Instagram stories for an hour. So like, but make it intentional. It's okay to, to binge and watch a whole season of something on Netflix. But there's a big difference between doing that on Tuesday at 11am <laughs> until dinnertime, or doing it, you know, Saturday night with some friends after a great week of like, of actually showing up to what's meaningful to you. Mm-hmm. Right. And just being willing. And I think people are, you know, and this goes deeper into people's belief systems, and just the habits that they built, etc. But um, if you're listening, please do know, as someone who has been on both sides of the spectrum, it is just so worth it. And it actually is what you want. Okay, and that's why you can sit there sometimes and have this kind of unsettling feeling, right, or still have that little anxiety or still have that, those little bouts of doubt or depression or whatever that might be, because you know, there's a better way, right? So know that like, that coming up, don't let it transmute or like, don't let that translate into like shame or guilt of oh No, like you're right. I just watch Netflix all day. I'm a piece of crap. It's like, no, you feel crappy about it because you know, that's not right. But also know that the the path that works for you is the integrative one. It's not like this discipline thing where you're not allowed to use Instagram or you're not allowed to have a drink or you're not allowed to do these things but it's like just that willingness to be honest with yourself and say, okay, great. Am I actually getting the results that I want? And where am I willing to experiment and where am I willing to, you know, it's like sort of that instant gratification versus delayed gratification. Uh, have you heard of like the marshmallow experiment? Mm-mm. This is a cool, cool, uh, quick story. Um, and just a great example of this. So they take, I think it was Harvard who did this really famous study and it's been replicated in a lot of different ways. They take these kids who are maybe like four years old, four or five years old, they bring them into a room with a table, they sit them down, and they put a big, fat, juicy marshmallow on the table. And they say, hey, so I got to leave the room for a little bit and, you know, grab some things. And you're welcome to have this marshmallow. But if you wait, and you don't touch it, and you don't eat it until I get back, you get another marshmallow, and you can have two. But if you eat this marshmallow while I'm gone, that's the only one that you get, right? So these kids, really fascinating Obviously, some of them, as soon as they walk out the room, those, those kids you know, just scarf down that marshmallow and they're just good, ready to go. And that's like impulsiveness, right? And that's that instant gratification. And then there's some kids who waited it out. Now, there's a few interesting uh, things. A lot of the kids who waited for the second marshmallow, you start to see them unconsciously develop certain strategies for that to work. As an example, some of them would just turn their chair around so that they don't have to even look at the marshmallow. Because they knew that if they kept looking at it, that desire is going to build up and they're just going to go for it, right? So that's a simple example of a want to stop eating ice cream at midnight, great, don't have ice cream in your house, right? Perfect example, right? Um, It's very, very simple little things like that. Uh, And then you see kids distracting themselves, like they start like, they go literally one like got up and like walked to the corner and just like stared into the corner of the room just so because they just knew that, you know, how impulsive they are. Right. But what was so cool is they started to, they followed these kids all the way through high school, through college, and after college. And pretty much to a T, the kids who waited for the second marshmallow and didn't impulsively just go for that stimulating thing right in front of them had better grades, went to better colleges, had better jobs, made more money, were healthier mentally, had better families, all across the board. So there's something to that. And now here we are as adults every single day being given that opportunity. Do you want that one marshmallow right now? Or can you suck it up for a minute and get two marshmallows later? Mm -hmm. And what I found is like, uh, there's actually a way, and I'll use this other analogy. I, I don't know if it was Abraham Lincoln or George Washington who says, if you give me five hours to chop down a tree, I'll use the first four sharpening the ax. Which is pretty smart. Makes a lot of sense, right? Instead of just chopping away and eventually you have this dull axe that's barely working, how about you just get you build up that effectiveness? So when it's time to chop, you actually do it. But what if what if there was a way where at this that what if there was a way where in how you chopped the tree, it also sharpened the axe? <laughs> right? What if there was a way where you can wait for the two marshmallows? tomorrow while still getting the stimulation of the one marshmallow today but actually getting but it's actually like what really comes down to is like how do you be the marshmallow <laughs> right so you have this innate built-in way of how you sit in your life and how you enjoy your life and how you perceive yourself and how you feel about yourself so that way whatever marshmallows and whatever amounts and whatever the circumstances right you're not you're not even playing into that game. Cause there's a lot of people who think this idea of discipline and sacrifice and putting things off. It's like, I get up early each morning earlier than most people because I enjoy it. And I like how it makes me feel where some other people go, Oh my God, you get up at 5am. That sounds like, blah, 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 blah. and then, but then you look at the, the results that are going on and they're also upset that they're not as productive as they'd like and they're sleeping in. And you know, so you just start to, the formula, in my eyes, starts to get very, very simple when we're willing to be transparent, right, and really look at these things. And, um, anyways, I could just keep blabbing about all of that, but no, really I, fascinating stuff.
1: It's it's very intriguing, all of it. Like it, it's just it's it's how we behave. Like it's just it's fascinating, all that. Yeah. Um, no, but like what you were what you were saying, it's like how do how do we then? So transparency, more so transparency with ourselves, then, because yeah. I think we need to be more, a lot clearer on like what you said where it's okay i'm watching netflix for so long i know that's bad because a it's well here's the thing i i don't i don't want to i don't i don't i don't like putting things as like punishments i don't like mm-hmm. saying like oh that's bad no because if like you said if that's intentional okay yeah. don't don't harp on it for like days and be like oh my god like i i watched netflix for so long that day and it's like well whatever like it happened like yeah. you can't get you can't fix that but it's like how moving forward being transparent with yourself and saying like, yep, I did that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now what? Yeah. You know? And my question is like, how can we be more transparent with ourselves? How can we have like these honest conversations with ourselves? Not, not, not so much, also, not so much. So where it's like, you know, we're, 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 how
0: can you like kick your own ass? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. No, no, I have a, I have a really powerful exercise for this. Uh, surprisingly simple. And, um, and as I say this, just know as you're listening, there might be a part of your brain that goes like, "Well, yeah, duh, of course, duh, da da da." But then it's like, "But actually, but really, check in, okay, and really mm-hmm. make sure." I give my clients this this exercise called uh, your self essentials, and the idea is, what are the things available to you every single day that are completely free or like ninety nine percent free um, that make you feel the most like you, okay? So, and and part of that transparency and that self-honesty piece too is huge. Cause l- let's say like for me, I'm a musician and I've been playing music my whole life. And then I went a couple years where like, it just totally went on the back burner cause I'm so focused on business and all these things. And I started to develop this like hole in my heart. Like not literally, but I could just feel this like emotional, like, gosh, what's going on? Something's missing. Something's mm-hmm. not there. And that started to influence everything else, everything else that I had going on. And it was, it was my, my lack of, of, of willingness to go, wait a minute. This is something so meaningful to me that I love that fills me up and I'm not doing it. Right. So to literally just sit down and write down that list, I guarantee you the day where you, you know, read your favorite book, listen to your favorite podcast, go on that beautiful walk, make that meal that you like talk to that person that you love dance to that music that fills you up. Just those, that was six things. But if you actually did those six things every day, you are in a completely different life, period, right? But a lot of people go, yeah, I know, da, da, da. But it's like, no, 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 no. Are you actually doing them though, right? And are you doing them, are you present with them while you're doing them? It's one thing to go on a walk and just be stressed out on a walk, right? It's one thing to talk to your friend and just be talking to your friend about a bunch of bullshit, right? It's one thing to, to be reading your favorite book, but to do that for like 15 minutes and you barely paid attention and you were looking at your phone half of the time. Right. So it's like actually being present with these things. There's so much they have for us. And because of the lifestyles we've built and the society and the culture we live in, it's training us to be so distracted, right. To just be what's the next shiny thing. What's the next exciting thing. And the more we can really slow down into that is huge. So I, I encourage everyone listening to really write out that list. Like what are the things available to you each day that when you fully utilize them, and if anything, over utilize them, you're, you feel grounded, right? Mm-hmm. And you feel like you're enjoying yourself, right? Um, if you like dancing to music, you have zero excuses to not dance at least once a day for one song, just put on your headphones, dance in your room, that's it. But something like that is a big deal. People pay me a lot of money to get them to just do that one thing, because it <laughs> changes your life, right? Because you also have to understand it's like, If you're sitting there dealing with some, even some mental health stuff and you're feeling really stuck, you know, and you're really wanting to be this different version of yourself, that version of yourself who's not struggling with these things, one of the easiest ways to start to make that shift is to acknowledge what are things that once I make that shift, I'll be doing, right? The happy version of myself loves to dance every day and they just do it naturally. So if you can practice that now, even if it's uncomfortable, even if you're like, man, this is dumb, this is stupid, like I don't feel like dancing right now. But to be willing to put your body in that state is what actually produces results, right? It's so much easier to behave your your way to a new way of thinking than to try to think your way to a new way of behaving. I think a lot of people are trying to be different, which means behave different. They're trying to act different. So we just sit here and think about it and try to figure it out. And that works never in case you haven't noticed, <laughs> right? no. It really never works. And when you think it does work, it's only because that thinking, got, you know, at some point created enough clarity that you were able to act differently. But the truth is you create instant clarity the moment you act, right? The clarity you're looking for comes from taking action without it, mm-hmm. right? So when you can start to have this list and just know that like, all right, here's 20 actions I could take today. Did I drink a big old glass of water? Did I sit down and meditate for five minutes? Did I listen to my favorite music? Did I, you know, text someone I love and tell them I appreciate them? All these obvious simple things, but like a day where you you rock that list is a good day period, right? Regardless of how much money you made, regardless of how much progress you made, regardless of, you know, all these expectations and assumptions of what we're supposed to be doing and what success looks like, right? Some of these millionaires that I work with and, and dear friends of mine who are truly successful, you ask them why they're successful and they say well because i can have my friends over for dinner whenever i want right cuz i can go on a hike whenever i want right cuz i can you know uh, take an afternoon off and just read a book that i really like and, and and things like that so it's like if that's what those you know all the stuff we think we want and they say no 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 this is what you actually want we and and realize that's all stuff i could do now right i could be i could be broke totally broke and I could have some friends over I could be totally broke and I could read a book I could be totally broke and I could go on a hike in nature you know so it's like starting to flip that script and realizing like we kind of got it backwards in some ways and the access point to start to like engage with that is actually really simple it's sitting right in front of you right in fact it is sometimes it's just how you're sitting literally right sit up straight take a deep breath that's progress that's momentum right like leaning into the right direction there's only two kinds of momentum momentum in the direction of what you want and momentum in the direction of what you don't want. Right. And it's a very binary switch of how to be to decide which train that you're on. And we're kind of jumping back and forth from each train throughout the day. And for me, it's like every time I wait for the second marshmallow, that's me jumping on the train that I want. Mm. Right. But of course, I've trained myself too to know that the process of waiting for the second marshmallow, is just as fulfilling, if not more fulfilling, than the marshmallows themselves. Does that make mm-hmm. sense?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Because it's 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 like that. Um, again, it's 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 that kind of journey to getting that second marshmallow a little, mm-hmm. like a, a little bit, and like yeah. that's more fulfilling because it's like, wow, I actually tr- kind of trained myself to wait for that, and like there it is. You know? Yeah. There's um, even
0: a, there's studies showing that planning a vacation is more fulfilling than the vacation itself. Which it, is just kind, of, it's just kind of weird, but it's like the anticipation and the creativity. Oh, we'll go here and we'll go here and let's go to that restaurant. And like, that's so fun. So, So that's kind of the sharpening the axe as you chop with it. So if you're planning out your future and you can be fulfilled and stimulated by that planning and the taking action of it. Right. Part of the most, one, I think one of the most exciting parts of uh, planning a, a, a retreat or a vacation is like clicking buy now on the plane ticket, right? Which is action. That's not planning. That's action, right? Or driving to the, to the uh, airport. That's action and that's exciting, right? So if we can take that same sort of model and apply it to just the success, general success we're trying to create in our life, you being excited about the process of creating and being excited about the fact that you're in a process of creating is actually what you're looking for. Because the moment you get to that point, you're like, oh, I want to make this much money. You get there, guess what? You're now wanting the next thing, period. It's built in. And it's it's normal and that's okay to have that. But how about we utilize it instead of like fighting against it?
1: Mm -hmm. Have you heard of the, I'm sure you've heard of the term like paralysis by analysis. So- Why? Why do you feel a lot of people have that in a, in a sense of like they lack taking action? And why do you feel like they, well, this is gonna happen, or well, this that? You know, like instead of just just doing shit, I don't know, you know what I mean? And just
0: yeah, well, we're trained, you know. Uh, every ad you've ever seen is is works because it's telling you you're not enough until you buy this thing, right? So everyone's trained to think they're not enough. Period, right? Every TV show, every movie you've ever watched is a story of the hero's journey, which is a story of struggle and triumph. So we're all trained to think we have to struggle, right? So it's like part of it is just the belief system in which we approach these things, right? Um, but also even just built into our, to our physiology, our fight or flight mechanism, which is our survival mechanism, um, gets stimulated when we hesitate. So the, the, when we start to think about something and try to figure it out, And we're not taking action on it, that's a form of hesitation. And if we're hesitating, our body has to interpret hesitation as a potential threat. So now we're gonna try to protect ourselves from the thing we're hesitating around. So we're gonna make fake stories, right? And and these fake stories of doubt and what when worry and whatever it is to stop us from doing that thing. And then we start analyzing the doubt and then we're hesitating again, and then we so it's like this this kind of self perpetuating cycle, right? Because it's like, oh, time to go brush your teeth. You're just brushing your teeth. Oh, I'm hungry. Let's go make some food. You just go make some food. Oh, it's time for bed. You get in bed. Oh, turn off the lights. You turn off the lights. You're not none of that's hesitation. You don't hesitate. But the moment you're like, "Oh, maybe I should maybe I should shoot that video today." And you're like, "Okay, but like is today the right day? Like do I know what to say?" That's hesitation. So your body goes, "Oh, well shooting the video must be a threat because I'm some part of me is hesitating. Some part of me is is waiting." Um and then that becomes a self-perpetuating thing. So uh it's it's super super important to want to get that that's a built-in thing. So don't think like oh no I'm doing that hesitating thing and I'm analyzing it. It's like no 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 you're designed to do that. We lost a million years if we didn't analyze things and hesitate on things we'd all be dead. Right? We exist right now because our ancestors were cautious enough and afraid enough and doubtful enough and pessimistic enough to survive. Right? So we have over a million years of programming into our DNA to literally think of a worst-case scenario for everything that comes to us. It's built in, right? So you don't have to give yourself a hard time or, 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 or be upset that you keep worrying about things or being afraid of things. It's built in. But now that you know it's built in, you don't have to believe it when it comes up. In fact, you know, here I am talking about all this stuff and you best believe every time I go to do something new, I'm afraid. But, but my, my, now my response to the fear is thank you, right? And my response to the fear is like, oh, thank you for doubting myself I must be doubting myself because I have some form of evidence that I should doubt myself, which maybe it's true or not, but I'm, I'm grateful this is coming up so I can look right. I call it the wobbly leg theory. If you're trying to, the more weight you put on the table, if one of those legs is wobbly, it's going to crash. So let's like, it's, it's really helpful to notice the wobbly leg before you start to (laughs) put all this weight on there. Right? So a lot of the time our fear, our self doubt, our worry, is coming from a very, very valuable place. And it's actually your unconscious mind saying, Hey dude, I know you want to like build this business or, or, uh, you know, ask this person out or, or take action on this opportunity, but I need you to know I'm afraid of that because, you know, maybe you're not as organized as you would like to be, or maybe, you know, the last time you did something like that, it went this way. And have we really checked in on that? Have we really taken care of that? So Instead of thinking like, oh no, I'm afraid, I'm doubting it, that must be because I have some virus in my mind and you know, I'm doomed or all these kinds of stories we'll jump to, like it actually can be really helpful. So to respond to those things with just a simple thank you, like, oh wow, I'm, getting, I'm kind of afraid of this opportunity. Okay, thank you. Why am I afraid? Right? And being willing to actually engage with that. Right? We're, I think we're more afraid of how uncomfortable it is to feel afraid than the actual things we're afraid of right? We're really more afraid of the fear itself, right? Mm -hmm. Part of my journey dealing with anxiety since I was a little kid, I started to realize the things that quote unquote caused my anxiety weren't scary, but how uncomfortable I felt in my body, aka unsafe in my body, that's what was scary. So the moment anxiety would arise, I would then start to get afraid of the fact that I knew I was going to start to feel really unsafe in my body versus being afraid of the thing that was triggering the anxiety does that make sense
1: yeah interesting how how long would you say you've struggled with anxiety for
0: probably from about like sixth grade to maybe about four three about three years ago three and a half years ago and i haven't struggled with it you know since then
1: and how how did it start and then kind of stop for you
0: uh, it's, it started, I I think it ultimately started, so my, well, I think it ultimately started, I was adopted when I was born. So an adoption is, it can be extremely traumatic. Um, so that I was already kind of built in with some interesting stories about love and abandonment and family and care and safety and all these kinds of things. And then my mom who adopted me passed away when I was eight. Um, so that's going to add some, <laughs> that's even adding some more fuel to the fire of like, oh right. shit, is li- is life safe? like. You know, the person who's supposed to love me the most doesn't even exist anymore. That's kind of intense, you know? So around sixth grade is when I just started having this sort of background noise of fear and just this background noise of like, do people actually like me or care about me or where do I fit in? And it's like, my family isn't even my actual family. Am I a fraud, right? All these like interesting stories. Um, Obviously, I wasn't analyzing it that way when I'm a little kid, but now when I look back, I realize that's what was really going on. And then that led into high school and, you know, junior high and high school only brings out more of your insecurities through all the sort of archetypes and stereotypes that play out in that. And mm-hmm. um, and then of course, like I actually ran away from home in high school, didn't graduate high school. So I was kind of put myself out in my own little, give myself my own little adventure and a very quick kind of maturation process, which uh, uh, is still happening <laughs> to this day, you know, and, we'll, and continues to. Um, but it it wasn't until I started to, one, realize that like my purpose here is so important to me that being honest about my anxiety was a big deal and being willing to like, be like, wow, I'm a bit ungrounded with things. I get really unsettled with some things and that's not okay. That doesn't feel good. And I had the kind of anxiety that would lead to panic attacks where I'm like shriveled up on a ball on the floor. Or like shitting my pants, or throwing up, like my insides getting flipped upside down. So it's like this isn't very sustainable either, you know. Um, like even even the first chance I had, my first girlfriend, I had a chance to to make out with. The, I was about to go kiss her, and then I ran in the bathroom and threw up all over her bathroom, right? So it's like, man, this is this is probably worth getting taken care of because there's some, some good moments I'm missing out on here because I just right. don't feel safe in my body, right? And then I started doing personal development work and all these things and got and getting really spiritual and learning about meditation and infinite consciousness and, and unconditional love and all these incredible concepts and trying to find like how does this actually fit into my life in a real way. Um, and I started learning how to meditate. And there's kind of like the, the shadow side of meditation, which is really just escapism, right? And I got so good at meditating that I could get to this place of. Of kind of bliss and stillness and peace where none of my anxieties existed in fact no stress existed no stories about my life existed and this was beautiful and I got really committed to being in that space as often as possible Um, but the issue is I realized in the same way that you could be you could be in the middle of the most depressive episode of your life and then find yourself watching some tv that night and you're watching family guy and there's a good two minute stint where you're just laughing your ass off right and a k in those two minutes, your depression doesn't exist, right? But that doesn't mean you didn't heal it or integrate it, right? It it's really just means you distracted yourself from it, right? And you were just focused on something else enough that that's what became real for that moment, right? Um, I'm sure everyone here has had a moment or can, or can think of one where let's say you're tying your shoes or clipping your toenails or popping a zit in the mirror. And you're so focused on that one little thing that for those like 15 seconds, your bills don't exist. Your ex-partners don't exist, right? <laughs> like that, that thing you got to get done today, it doesn't exist. That's the power of focus, right? Um, so I got really good at that and was starting to like make some powerful results in my life because I could kind of use that kind of blissful, peaceful state that I could cultivate it and then could channel it into my life a little bit. But then the other stuff would start to compound and start to kind of build up in the back end. And I just wasn't really paying attention to it. And it wasn't until I started understanding that true personal development work is a body-based approach, um, that true healing is a somatic process, meaning of the body. Uh, It's not just mindset. In fact, I don't think mindset is actually a real thing because your mind is your brain and your brain is your nervous system and your nervous system is your whole body. So there's no no such thing as your mind that doesn't include every aspect of your physical body. Um, And it's very easy to you know, meditate your way to a place of peace, but that doesn't mean you, you aren't still holding trauma in your body or certain neurological patterns in your body. And for me, that showed up in my posture, um, which would show showed up in my voice and showed up in uh, health issues with my spine and my back and my nerves and all kinds of different things. And it wasn't until I started to realize this was a, a, a physical and emotional process and not something you just think your way around you don't just say affirmations until you're convinced you're different, right? Affirmations work when you feel them. And when you feel them, it's, they give you an opportunity to start to like move through emotions you haven't let yourself move through, which is an integrative process of the body. So it wasn't until I committed to that process that all these things change. Now, that doesn't mean things don't invite me to be anxious or to be stressed, right? Or to be sad or to be angry. And all those are beautiful emotions. They're all relevant. They're all important. And they're all here. They're all supposed to be here. But who I am in them is different, right? And how I respond to them is different. And now they are, are, like I said, they're invitations as opposed to the truth. So if something stressful is coming up, it's going, hey, Nathaniel, something stressful is coming up. And then I go, okay, great. What should we do about it? Right? (laughs) And how can we be with it? And how can I immediately not go, oh, no, I'm being stressed. I shouldn't be stressed. Stress is bad. Get away, stress. That's the problem, right? Like the actual, I think it's Eckhart Tolle says, all suffering is the result of uh, uh, resistance to what is, right? So you start feeling stressed and then you go, oh, no, I'm stressed. That's bad. I shouldn't be stressed. I thought I learned this already, right? I'm smarter than this. I read all the books. Like this isn't okay that I'm stressed. And now the actual problem is you in resistance to being stressed. But if you just start being stressed and go, it's okay. Like this is my number one mantra. It's okay to be feeling how I'm feeling right now. And if you can live from that actually being true for you, you actually can let yourself feel what you're feeling. You'd be very surprised how long feelings want to stick around when you actually let them. Right. And that's a very, it's a very subtle process. Um, But to actually like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling anxiety. And to just go, okay, I'm feeling anxiety. Let's see, what does it feel like? Okay. Whoa, wow, this is uncomfortable. Okay, cool. I should breathe with it. Okay. Hmm. What else? Do I what do I feel like I need right now to support me in feeling this, right? Like just totally changing that approach. And sometimes that might turn into you shaking and being a little nervous wreck for five minutes. But would you rather be a nervous wreck for five minutes or be a nervous person for five years? Right? And I think that's part of it is when we are not willing to go there. It's very fair to be afraid and to resist your anxiety and your depression and your anger because we don't, we're afraid of like, well, if I really feel this anger, is that is something bad going to happen? If I really feel this sadness, am I going to like go off the deep end? If I really feel this anxiety, am I going to die? That's how anxiety feels, right? If, oh my God, you're going to die if you keep feeling this way, right? But also what's wrong with dying? Who said that's a bad thing, right? So even just the, the idea that like, oh, the anxiety is going to kill me. If then, if, well, if that's a bad thing, then yeah, you're going to be in total resistance to that. Now we're getting kind of meta and, and into this whole other realm of things. But for me, it's very relevant. Right. Right. And if, and if dying isn't even a bad thing, then I don't have to be afraid of my anxiety potentially killing me, even though that it, it doesn't do that. Right. <clears throat> so I'm kind of jumping all over the place here, but cause this stuff gets me so excited. It gets um, me.
1: I'm, I'm so like into <laughs> this right now. Like this is literally like what I love just talking about.
0: Yeah. And I, and I do want to, I like to give the, the preface too and just and understand, like my journey is my own. Everyone here is different. I'm not saying I have all the answers. I don't want to put words in other people's mouths and I just, and just know like I'm in such deep honoring and respect of everybody's journey and, 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 I, and shit gets tough and I totally get that. And I know sometimes the stuff that I'm saying right now is the last thing people want to hear or yeah. even what they need to hear right? Sometimes you just need to know that you're loved and you just need to know that people care about you and you just need to know that there's support and that there's options. So anyone listening who maybe has had some resistance to anything I've said so far, please know that like it's my, it's my intention to, to only approach all of this with love. And I know from my own journey and the fact that I've worked with over a thousand people in my practice through one-on-one coaching and group programs and stuff, there does come a point where, um, true change means inherent discomfort. And there's a point where you have to be poked a little bit. There's no such thing as feeling ready and then transforming. There's no such thing as having all the ducks in a row and then it's time to make everything better. No such thing. It's never happened to a single human on planet earth. So I hope I can be a voice for both sides and know that. I know what everyone's going through is intimidating and it's scary and it's intense and sometimes it feels impossible to change and there is love there for you regardless and just just know that like it, it, it's like it, it, it gets harder before it gets easier because that's what you want. Mm-hmm. You want to be stronger. You want to be more adaptive. Adaptive. Right. You want that resilience, right? Literally the only way to build muscle is to destroy the muscle that's there, which hurts. And then the muscle builds back on top of itself stronger than before. That's why you literally have to rest more than you work out. You have to recover in order to gain strength, right? So know that the pain you're going through right now is the muscles being torn up. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so like, it's, it's all perfectly a part of the process and then the more, you like the fact that you're even listening to this right now, whoever you are, I'm sure you're wonderful. Um, that's a sign that you're in recovery, right? That's a sign that you're you've slowed down enough to pay attention to this podcast and absorb some information and see what you can do differently. So, um, just yeah, just always love to give that 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 sort of preface because it's I, it's sensitive. You know, I've gotten to the point about three or four times in my life where I was ready to take my own life, right? So it's like this stuff can it can really get you to an intense place. Um, but, and from having gone that far and, and also attempted, uh, said dynamic, um, I think I can just relate to, to how, how dark that place can get sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then the, the way people need to be received in that, in that place. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can 100% relate with you on a lot of things. Um, And
0: I think that's, I think it's
1: important to understand, like, there's, there's that whole, I'm going to go back to this, but like, where it's like, you hear something once and it's like, you don't, it's like, all right, whatever. I don't need to hear that. Kind of what you were saying where it's like, that's the last thing you want to be hearing right now. And then you hear it again and again and again, and it starts to make more, starts to make more sense. Like something for me that I can connect with more too is like, yeah, you want to build muscle. It's like, you know, there's the whole notion that like, yes, you need, you need to rest more than when you're actually like. "Quote unquote," attacking it at the gym and like yeah. going to the whole anxiety thing. It's like you know, for that moment, yeah, it's going to be. It might be a little bit tough, might be painful, but like it's going to end. And yeah. like in the gym, it's going to be painful. It's going to be tough because like that's where you're doing your work.
0: It's yeah, just, that's just that's just where I connect with that
1: a little a little bit more. I think
0: uh, um, I think it was Muhammad Ali who said when he does like push-ups, he doesn't start counting until it starts hurting. Yep, yep, genius. Which is just so genius. Uh huh. Right? So so genius. But again that only works because he doesn't do he doesn't work out at all the next day you know like you you have to have that that space in between and i think a lot of people too the moment they realize they're like man i think i'm kind of struggling or having a hard time with my state of being my emotions and stuff we immediately get caught in this mode of like all right well every day i should be changing and every day i gotta be getting better at this right but what if you just like let yourself have a day to just have a shitty day right for me, it's like when I, uh, uh, even like I, I hosted a retreat about a month and a half ago and which, you know, takes a, takes a lot of energy, takes a lot of presence. And, and as soon as I got back, I could just tell that if I kept going, you know, uh, uh, business as usual, I would have probably gotten sick a few days later, right. Mm -hmm. Just based on where my energy was at, my body and all that stuff. So I just took the week off. Right. And it's like, instead of, uh, trying to like again resist how I'm feeling which is like oh I'm just kind of tired yeah but there's stuff to do we'll just push through it's like what if I actually honor how I'm feeling and like meet it appropriately right how often do we get uh you know anxious and then you know like what is what does anxiety actually want right if some if you're let's say I always love giving this analogy let's say you're with some of your like nieces and nephews or or some like four or five-year-old kids, maybe you're a babysitter, just put yourself in that context and you're at the park and you're just sitting on the bench watching them play, doing your thing, and then one comes up to you and is uh, upset and they're super anxious and they're shaking, you're like, oh this happened and da-da-da-da. And I'm scared about this. How are you gonna respond to that kid? Are you gonna be like, shut up, get out of here, get over it? Of course not. You're immediately gonna bring them in close, you probably give them a hug, be like, oh my gosh, tell me what's going on. Like Oh, what? They said that to you? Wow. Why do you think they said that? Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Do you want, should we get you some water? Okay. Right. Like the way you would treat that kid is how your emotions want to be treated. Right. Emotions are, are, are not of, they're not of cognition. Feelings on the other hand are, are a mental experience of an emotion. Right. Oh, you're like, Oh, I'm, I feel pissed off. Right, which which is the emotion of anger, right? But feeling pissed off is a little different. But to know that um, we've grown up and we're like we're these adults with these adult minds trying to solve uh, emotions which are of a child childlike nature, not childish, but of a childlike nature, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes, like, how do kid? What, you ever watch kid process emotion? They're perfect at it. Right? They're going to freak out for about a minute, throw a tantrum, and then, oh, my God, they're playing with their new toy. Everything's great. But what did they do? They actually let themselves have the thing, and they're not sitting there judging themselves for being upset. They let themselves be fully upset. Right? What's the opposite of depression? Expression. <laughs> depression. Expression. Right? And you, you best believe, you know, I know everyone listening has had some depressed moment in their life, I guarantee you is the result of something of some energy, not moving, whether it was literally you holding back from saying something you wanted to say, or you holding back from doing something you wanted to do, right? Or even just not expressing yourself to yourself, right? Not being able to sit there and say that thing. And then sometimes just as finding any literal way to express helps in that healing process, right? It could be, this could have nothing to do with what you're going through, but to go find some place in nature to just scream as loud as you can will move energy and will change things. And it might make you cry. It might make you laugh, right? It might make you get angry. might start punching the dirt. That's probably really, really good for you and exactly what you need because you're expressing, right? But when we get depressed, we want to keep depressing that energy away or pressing it down, right? So what do we do? We distract ourselves. We go to the alcohol. We sleep in. We don't engage in the world right we and we actually rob ourselves from an opportunity to do it now again easier said than done but it's a, it's important as a reminder to know that like the 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 antidote isn't fixing yourself the antidote is action
1: yeah
0: right and sometimes it's literally just any action right that 1% better move right if it if you know that the the days where you don't go on a walk in the morning? Are the days you're mo- more likely to just stay inside all day? Get those walks in, right? If you know, it's if it's like 1 p.m. and you still haven't showered and you're feeling kind of old, just take a shower, right? Sometimes it can just be that, right? Sometimes we, we um, it's very easy to use something very simple and small and like, what's the turning the, the making a mountain out of molehill kind of thing, yeah. right? It's like, you can take it. It's like, oh, well, I just feel kind of off. It's like, okay, great. But like, have you had a good meal yet today? And you're like, no, it's like, all right, well, we'll try that. And you might feel literally a hundred times better. Mm-hmm. Right. But sometimes like, Oh, I feel kind of off. And you yeah, know, this happens a lot and I must be, there must be something wrong with me. We kind of will default and jump to these other things um, versus just ha- having presence. So kind of tying full circle too. It's like, you have to understand it's about there, one, there's no magic bullet. There's no secret sauce. It's, a, it's all about lifestyle. It's about the little things you do over and over and over again. You get out of bed every single day. So how you do that is very important. You eat food every single day. So how you do that is very important. You get on your phone every single day. How you do that is very important. Those little things start to add up in a really big way. So instead of sitting there and, and making it harder for yourself by thinking like, there's something I have to change about me. I invite you just look at what if I could do something? What if I just change something about what I do, right? Because when we make it about ourselves, that gets so amorphous. We're like, oh, I have to change my mindset. What the hell is that? Where is it? <laughs> How do you change yeah. that? Yeah, when yeah. the truth is the the, the results of a changed mindset are changed behaviors, right? If you're like, oh, I want to, all right, great, Nathaniel. I, I agree. The opposite of depression is expression. Great. I want to be more expressed, but I just don't feel confident. No, 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 no. You don't need to be confident, just literally express, right? Whether it's for you in front of other people or not, whether if that's you, as soon as you're done with this podcast, put on your favorite song and sing to it. That's expression, right? Something that simple, one, gives you a pattern interrupt, which gives you an opportunity to change your perspective, but it actually changes the wiring in your brain. And it gives you an opportunity to, to literally perceive things in a new way and create new connections in your brain just by giving yourself a new opportunity, mm-hmm. right? Something as simple as if you're sitting there trying to figure out a problem in your life and then you try to do the exact same thing but hopping on one foot, you're going to get different results in your head right? Just, just one, because you're likely just because you're going to be like, Oh my God, this is really silly. I'm just, I'm jumping up on one foot. And that silliness opens up a part of your brain where you're able to make new associations, new connections, and actually come up with different answers, you know, mm-hmm. to whatever you're asking.
1: And if, um, going off what you said, where like the whole, just taking action, uh, I know you, you know her, but like Amanda Bucci, she talks about like messy action. And mm-hmm. it's just like, I, that I really connect with. Cause it's like, there's no plan. There's no, yeah. there's no paralysis by analysis. It's just, just doing it. And it's like, yeah. it doesn't have to be perfect. and it's not going to be, but it's
0: like, Hey, you did it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah. Some people ask myself like, Hey, I'm feeling off today. How should I express myself? And my answer is just in any way. And that's the key, like letting it be anyway. Right? It's like, Oh, what should I post today? Well, before trying to get all strategic about it, just post anything. Right. <laughs> Cause it's the habit of like, of getting it out there. First, that's the habit, right? For for somebody like you, you could have sat for ten years on deciding what do I want to do with my podcast, but there was a point where you just actually recorded an episode, and that's how you started, mm-hmm. right? And that's like it's just any any action, any functional action. Obviously, like burning down houses is not a good messy action, right? Or Don't whatever.
1: Recommend. Don't really Don't. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I always tell. I say, like, yeah, you can do whatever you want, but if you're an arsonist, are probably not going to support you. Um, yeah, but it's just like any action in that context is better than nothing, mm-hmm. right? And then thinking of it symbolically, if you're curled up in a little ball on your phone, that looks like depression. If you're going on a walk, that doesn't look like depression. Just a symbol of that and what that can actually do for your brain is actually really, really important, the power of context. There are studies showing um, recovering alcoholics walk into a bar and all of a sudden the chemistry in their body mimics what it would if they had had a couple of drinks. So that's, that's just the power of, the, of your environment, then the symbolism of it. That's why it's peer pressure. It's, it's so easy to, right? You can, you can go on a trip and go to India for six months and, and get sober. And then you come back and hang out with the same group of friends in the same exact spot and sit on that same exact couch where you used to do those bad drugs or whatever. And you'll just do it again. Because your body already thinks you're doing it, because you're just back in that same context. So looking at the symbol of it, and if the symbol of those friends and that environment creates a certain emotional feeling in your body, then even if you're not doing the drugs or whatever, your body will will generate that for you, which makes you then take action from that same state of being. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's kind true. of trippy to realize, it's um, but it's it's very powerful, and I think we all. It's the same reason why. If you're the type where, you know, going to like a busy kind of noisy coffee shop helps you get focused, it's because you're in a context, right? You're in an environment that symb- is symbolic for you and represents focus because you're sitting around a bunch of other people who are trying to get work done and you have some white noise and it's a- you're able to drop in. And that's why often if that's the habit you build, every time you go there, you can get back into that same spot. So if you realize you're struggling with a certain mental or emotional state that's consistent, you want to start looking at this consistent symbols in your life. If you keep watching the same TV shows and all those TV shows are about people struggling and, and giving themselves a hard time and you kind of fall in love with this hopeless feeling they have, you're, you're giving yourself that symbol, right? Or if you, I guarantee if you only watch superhero movies for a month, you will feel different, Period. There's very powerful. There's very. There's a lot of power in symbols. In fact, like our whole world is run by them, right? So start to start to know that there there are a lot of access points and a lot of ways to um, give yourself opportunities to do things different. And when you start to understand the conscious and unconscious mind and how all these things play a certain role, and that's a whole other two-hour podcast we could do. Yeah. Um. You start to realize how much uh, influence we actually can't have, and it's not the idea of like being in control, but the idea of you know, creating the banks of the river, right? Life is chaos. Life is intense. Nobody has any idea what's going on. And there are enough little choice points and little uh, opportunities of design and structure that when you actually just put effort into that, things change drastically, right? Very, very drastically. One of my favorite quotes is, is simply this, you know, if you want to create success in your life and whatever that means for you, money, health, relationships, opportunity, experience, everything, right? The full thing. How can you set the conditions in place so that the results you want are inevitable, right? And it really is that simple. Not, that's not necessarily easy, but it is simple, right? I always give this example. Let's say if your goal is to lose, you want to lose 30 pounds, If you, so, so, so how do I set up conditions so that it would be impossible for me to not lose that weight, right? So if you keep the ice cream in the house, that's a condition that'll make it hard for that weight to be lost, right? So you start to create, so one condition, how about I pay a nutritionist to come to my house and throw out all the food in my kitchen and replace it with the right food for me, food that I'm going to enjoy, food that helps me lose weight. Boom, that's a condition. Just that alone would guarantee you progress towards that goal. Another condition, you pay your best friend 50 bucks to come pick you up three times a week and take you to the gym and work out with you and have fun together. Now, to me, that actually sounds like an enjoyable way to get that result. And you're actually setting conditions in place so that it's not up to you anymore to get that done. Make sense? Yeah. So it's like sometimes it can be that simple and it's symbolic because now it's like, well, if you want to eat the shitty food again, you have to one, one, you already paid for this nutritionist and you paid for all this new food. So you have to go buy, you have to leave your house, drive to the store and buy that new food. Again, that's giving you all these choice points to stop and be present. Right. And then you'd have to like lie to your friend or like fight them to not take you to the gym, which is a silly anyways. Right. So you're actually mm-hmm. setting up really powerful conditions for yourself. And then you start to what's when you, you flip that and realize, wow, the results I have in my life right now are because of the conditions that are in place. Right. If you have notifications Mm -hmm. on your phone for every little thing that happens on Instagram, that's a condition that will guarantee that you are on Instagram on your phone all the time. Mm -hmm. So that's just one condition. Turn off the freaking notifications and you'll stop being reminded that that's an option for you. Right. Just something that simple. Yeah. Another one I have all my social media apps in a folder on my phone. So I have to click the folder first before I can open the app. Because if you can just open your phone and Instagram and you're in, it's hard to catch that. But if I'm clicking the social, it says social and I'm clicking that folder, my brain gets one extra second to go, wait, why am I opening this folder right now? Do I actually need to do this or am I just going for the dopamine hit? Right. And then if you actually utilize that invitation of, like, oh, I'm going for the dopamine hit, then you go, great. Where else could I get it from? Could I get it from finishing this project I'm working on? Could I get it from going outside for a minute? Could I get it from drinking a glass of water? Could I get it from, you know, anything remotely more productive. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a lot of opportunities and uh, I'm hoping that um, uh, people have been able to kind of have a few light bulbs go off and just you know go, oh man, yeah, there, there's, there, there's a lot more. Uh, it's just this idea of like utilizing what's actually here. Yeah. And we're so convinced, people pay billions, if not trillions of dollars to convince us that we don't have what we need to feel good and to get things done. And to like be present and enjoy our life now, and build the life that we want. And the truth is, every you're built with everything you need.
1: I've I've always believed in the fact that, and I don't I forgot who I heard this from lately, um, or like a co- couple weeks ago, but that like we are wired for nature in the sense of like us as human beings are wired to be as connected to to nature and the earth as possible. Therefore, we are able to sustain. From that, and anything else is just literally extra. It's just extra credit. And like what you're saying, in that, like companies paying billions and billions of dollars to promote to us that we need more and we're not enough, thus creating all these anxieties in us and depression in us questioning ourselves. And like, I, I just want to get your take on what you think, like, what, what that is. Like, do you believe that we are wired for nature? Because it's like with the like whole take Well, it's what?
0: not that we're wired for nature, we are nature. Exactly. Yeah, (laughs) like, like, (laughs) like, literally, there's, there's no distinction there. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And if you look at a forest, untouched by man, it's perfect. It's beautiful. It's thriving. It's constantly evolving. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't animals attacking other animals. That doesn't mean there isn't a occasionally like a tree that gets a virus and it grows and then the tree dies and the virus kills it. But guess what happens? That tree falls over. And then a bunch of cool mushrooms grow out of that. And then those mushrooms feed other animals. And it's like, it's all built in. It's all part of it, right? The reason that that works though, is that there's no judgment about that whole process. If that virus was sitting there going, oh my God, am I a bad virus for killing this tree right now? (laughs) Right? It's like, no, it's just a a virus being a virus. That's what they do, right? Is the tree, oh, is a tree upset that its roots just disrupted the root system of another tree and now that tree is dying? You know, it's like, none of that's there. It's just this human mind that starts to create all these stories. Right. And even a human mind could look at a force and go, "Ew, mold, look at the mold on that tree molds bad. That's gross. It's like, no, no, no. Mold is just mold. The tree is just a tree. That's just what they do. Right. So it's like, it's the human, it's the mind. this our storytelling capacity that creates all these issues for us, but it's actually that same mechanism that is our key to freedom too. Yeah.
1: Super interesting. Super, super interesting. Uh. Uh-huh yeah that uh, that, that kind of like stumped me with like the whole like we are nature and it's like yeah we we are yeah huh. I like that Um, I don't know how much how you're doing on time but I know we've we've literally talked for like an hour and 15 and it literally feels like oh wow nothing so
0: I yeah uh, I, I got maybe another 15 minutes for you here okay so I'm happy to you know any any like questions you might have or yeah we'll, we'll definitely maximize it Um,
1: I just wanted to like kind of go back a little bit just a couple more things like you talked about how you started your YouTube channel, um, on mental health and kind of, what was your motive, I guess, to talk about that and why, and what kind of triggered and what sparked you to want to share more information on that?
0: Yeah. Well, the, the, the channel itself first started on, um, around nutrition and health. Uh, and then once I realized I was so obsessed with my food and still not that happy, that's when it started to flip over to the mental health side of things. Right. And getting that it's a full, it's more about the whole lifestyle, but that all originally started from just being, you know, when I was in high school, I, I learned about the state of the world and there's a lot of people suffering. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of, there's a, it's, we, we live in a very poorly designed culture. And I mean that globally. Um, just in the U S alone, we throw out enough food each year to feed everyone on the planet who's hungry. It's terrible. We throw out that much food. Which is just insane. There's more. There's more empty houses in the U.S. than there are homeless people in the U.S. Right? There's a lot of just poorly designed things. So what? What? Who designs those things? People. So what's wrong with those people? Oh, they're, they're they're stuck in something, and it's survival mode. We're still just stuck in survival mode, and that's because honestly, we're for the first time ever, we're the first generation that actually can live outside of survival mode since humanity's ever existed. So we're still really just babies to this new way that we can live. So there's a definitely a process to that and we're all waking up to that and realizing that. So in high school I just realized like man, I want to be on the save the world team. You know, I just I just want to do what I can to contribute to that. I feel really lucky and privileged that I was granted access to certain information at a young age um, that just really empowered me to want to make a difference. So my YouTube channel, you know, well that also part of that was at the same time I'm learning about this, I'm learning about quantum physics and I'm learning about permaculture and I'm learning about self-healing and all, all these crazy ideas and realize, okay, well, if I want to make the world a better place, I got to be the best version of myself, right? If I want the world to be happy, healthy, and prosperous, I got to be happy, healthy, and prosperous. Mm -hmm. Um, So the YouTube channel is ultimately me just sharing my journey of that, um, knowing that it could ripple effect and, and, and help other people. And here I am 10 years later and, you know, I've had millions of people see my things and, some of the most incredible, you know, testimonials and feedback ever. Um, And uh, it's just been an absolutely incredible journey. Mm -hmm. It it really just, it just, it it really, it's, it's kind of cool watching my first video is complete messy action. Like I think the first thing I said was like, Hey guys, so I want to start a YouTube channel. I don't know what I'm going to say right now, but I just got to get this first video up and let me tell you a little bit about my intention and, and then that's it. See you in another video. And that was it. Uh-huh. I that was my first video. So messy. You know, I probably looked ridiculous, sounded ridiculous, but it was like I had to just get started. And I trusted that because it meant something to me that it would work. Right? Yeah. Like regardless of other people's opinion, I think one of the first comments I got on those videos was like, this is stupid or, you know, fake and gay is basically, I think one of the, you know, first comments for a yeah. lot of people on YouTube. And, um, and I knew I was onto something you know, hmm. just, just from getting that out there. And, and, and my first YouTube channel, I, I grew to about 6,000 subscribers in the first three months, wow. just because I was willing to be messy and just show up, you know, and then it all just kind of kept going from there. That's <clears> awesome.
1: Yeah. And, and now, now you mainly just do your on Instagram right now and then,
0: yeah, Instagram, I'll be back on YouTube next year, getting uh-huh. a lot more like strategic with that, doing some high quality stuff. And I have a podcast launching in January and, um, but yeah instagram is is where it's at and, and facebook as well
1: and what's your uh instagram and facebook if people want to put If you
0: if you just search my name Nathaniel Solace SOLACE or nathanielsolace.com mm-hmm. uh will show you the rest of my stuff and there's and there's links to my to all my social stuff on there as well
1: Awesome yeah. cool and then uh anything else that you'd want to uh add in that you want to plug away because I know you have your you have your mastermind you have your uh um coaching you have your retreat Yeah I
0: mean yeah, it's, I'm, you know, I'm not here to try to sell people stuff. Oh, no, it, no, no,
1: no, like, no. But I know, like, just any way that they can, like, connect with you more so.
0: Totally. I appreciate that. And that's really it. It's like, if you're listening to this and something resonates, or if you have, if you want to ask me anything, like, I'm a, I'm a human being, mm-hmm. uh, you don't have to give me a bunch of money to just say hi and, you know, say what's up. So feel free to send me a DM if you're listening. And and uh, one, I'd have if something really resonated, or if you had an aha moment, I'd love to hear it. Um, if you, if you have questions on something, if you want like some feedback or like, uh, want to be pointed in the best direction, I'm happy to make a book recommendation all kinds of stuff. So I'm just happy mm-hmm. to receive or, 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 uh, get a hello from anybody. Cause I love meeting people. So thanks for yeah. That's my, that's my plug. Just, just feel free to say hi.
1: Of course. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you, uh, Nathaniel, number one for your time. Cause I know how valuable it is and I appreciate it. And, um, I appreciate Literally everything you said because it a lot. I had a lot of aha moments that I'm gonna be like thinking back, like okay, huh, how can I implement this into my life? Yeah. So, um, just want to say Good, thank man. you again.
0: My pleasure, so, dude. And thank, you thanks for receiving it and having me on. And I know I know I go off on my own little monologues here and there, so uh, I'm glad that sounds like some some valuable stuff came through. Of course, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity to to come on and chat, man. It means of course. All. Of course,
1: I'm excited for uh, your podcast to. Uh, uh, launch. Cause like, I literally can listen to you talk all day. Like it's just, it's so cool.
0: Me too. Apparently. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs>
1: yeah, funny. Um, but yeah, man, thank you so much. And, uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, go check out Nathaniel on Instagram. That is Nathaniel. Just search, just search your last name or is it
0: yeah, Nathan- that, it's Nathaniel dot solace or okay, excuse that's me, that's underscore awesome. Nathaniel underscore solace.
1: Okay. Yep. Nathaniel underscore, underscore solace on Instagram. Um, go shoot him a DM. If you guys connect with anything, I know he would appreciate that. And, uh, I want to thank you guys again for listening. Thank you, Nathaniel. And, uh, pursue your purpose guys.